Hey everybody, Chris here. You may know us these days as the Personal Injury Mastermind, but you've discovered our roots when we first started as the Rankings Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Over the years and hundreds of episodes, we've expanded our reach while staying true to our mission. We help you and your firm dominate the competition with insights from some of the best in the legal industry. You may notice that these older episodes sound a bit different. That's because we also embrace change and growth. I hope you enjoy this episode from the vaults and listen to a few of our newer episodes while you're at it. Thanks for being here. Let's begin. When was the last time you truly got an amazing gift? You know, that one that totally bowled you over with the thoughtfulness and generosity, not the socks and the stocking. Even if it was years ago, I bet you're smiling right now just thinking about it. Those great gifts don't come around often though, right? According to finder.com, in the US, we waste around $9.5 billion a year on unwanted gifts. Today's guest, John Rulin, is here to make it clear. The days of bad gifts are over. John made his name selling the biggest deals in history for Cutco Knives, and then he flipped the game. John's path to business, relationship, and gifting greatness started with a spark, his natural gift for sales. I was a farm boy. I grew up in Ohio milking goats every morning, and I wanted to pay for med school. I was going to get out of Dodge. I hated baling hay and eating our house with wood. And a buddy of mine who was a seminary student went and started selling these crazy knives. And I'm like, if Steve Wiggers, who couldn't sell you know, a cup of water to somebody in the middle of the desert, can sell knives, I can at least try. Today, we hear how John Rulin went from Cutco knife salesman to masterful relationship builder. How gratitude and generosity add up to a crazy return on an investment and why you should cancel your order of branded coffee cups you're planning on giving your clients for the holidays. That's coming up on the Rankings Podcast, the show where founders, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys share their inspiring stories about what they did to get to the top and what keeps them there. I'm Chris Dreyer. Stay with us. John learned to make deals while selling knives for Cutco, but he was always destined to be more than a salesperson. Early on, a passing conversation with an attorney named Paul, who just happened to be his girlfriend's father, led to a light bulb moment that would change his career forever. He was the guy that would like find a deal on noodles and buy everybody at church the next Sunday, like, you know, a year's supply of noodles, like 200 people. And I'd be like, Paul, that was 40 grand. Are you nuts? And he's like, John, this is who I am. He just showed up radically generous for people. So I pitched him the idea of giving away Cutco pocket knives to all of his clients because they're men. They, you know, they own insurance companies and lumber yards and uh, financial advisor firms, that kind of stuff. And Paul would change my life forever. He's like, I don't want to order a hundred of these. These are a hundred dollar pocket knives, not like crappy 50 cent ones from China. These are like not promotional product knives. That goes handmade in New York. He's like, John, I want to order a hundred of the hundred dollar and $200 pairing knives. I'm like, you want to give a bunch of grown men dudes that are CEOs and influencers of million and billion dollar companies, like a kitchen tool. That's weird. Why? And it's 20 years ago, literally. I remember sitting at the kitchen table before church. And he's like, John, in 35 years in business, the reason I have more referrals, deal flow, access, you know, you name it, is if you take care of the family and business, everything else takes care of itself. So it was this mind-blowing moment where I understood it wasn't about the knives. Although to this day, we still sell millions of dollars of the stupid knives. The knives were a delivery vehicle for an emotion. And most people would check the box and send crappy stuff at Christmas. Paul was loving on these people year round. So I started to pitch insurance companies and whatever else. I would send them like a $300 Cutco carving set on my own dime. I wasn't buying beer. I was buying knives. Mm -hmm. And I'd grade the CEO's name, spouse's name, 
And I put a little handwritten note inside that said, carve out five minutes for me. I promise to be with your time. Because if I called him and said, hey, I want to sell you knives, no, it'd be click. But because I, I used this as a tool, as kind of like a, a process, I would get the meeting with these like 60-year-old dudes running million and billion dollar companies. And they take the meeting. I wear my one suit I have on into these boardrooms. And they're like, are you here? The guys are like, are you here to sell me knives? And I'm like, no, I'm here to help you and your thousand sales reps do exactly what I did to you to your top 10,000 relationships, your referral sources, centers of influence, your employees. And their jaws would hit the ground. They'd be like, you're good. All of these individuals became your, your sales force, essentially, because they all had Everyone. customers. So everything compounded. So anybody that was trying to go one-to-one, I mean, they just you just blew them out of the water. I, I love that. The other thing I, you mentioned was getting your foot in the door. So you, you totally stood out. You know, you weren't just 100%. picking up the phone, begging to get an appointment. No, no. Most people, they'll send like a shoe to get their foot in the door. They'll send some candies. <clears throat> it's one thing to do something nice for the decision maker, whether that's the employee, the client, the center of influence. But every industry is like a good old boys club. Hey, let's go hunting. Hey, let's go for golf. Hey, let's go for bourbon. Here's your case of wine. You start including somebody's assistant, or what I call the inner circle. And I learned that from Paul. He treated the receptionist or the janitor, oftentimes the receptionist is a woman. He treated her with this, not as a tactic, not as a sleazy. He treated her with the same amount of respect that he treated the CEO. And when, and so I, I, we call it the inner circle. I take care of a lot of the reason we still do knives or home-related things versus bourbon and wine and golf is I want to include the spouse. I want to include the family. I want to include the assistant. That's how people are like, John, like you're not, your gifts seem kind of like cheesy. And I'm like, that's how I can spend it. Help somebody spend a hundred thousand dollars, and somebody else spend ten million dollars, and we help the client that spent a hundred grand win against their bigger competitors because we were more thoughtful and strategic with the dollars that we were investing. Whether it's a thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks, hundred thousand doesn't matter. Most people they follow the same stupid playbook that everybody does, and they're not memorable. They're just checking a box at the holidays, or they're just doing the same thing they've been doing for the last thirty years. John knew he was on to something. Within just three weeks of selling knives, he started the Ruling Group, which today is part of his giftology empire. John knew that it wasn't about the knives themselves, it was about the relationship. He figured that if he could get close enough to the business owner to sell them a knife set personally, then he'd have his foot in the door to make something more than just a sale. If I sell them on a $1,000, $5,000, $10,000 knife set for themselves personally, and they like me, then I can come back around six months later and pitch them on the idea of giving this to their 75 employees or their 150 centers of influence or their referral sources. So it was like I was double dipping. So I realized really early on, A, I could actually graduate college, pay for you know a private Christian school, Malone University, have no debt and have money banked to go pay for med school. But about a year into it, a lot of the other cut reps made fun of me. They're like, dude, just go follow the program. Can't you just follow the program? And I'm like, I am following the program, but I'm adding this addition thing. Everybody thought it was stupid. But about, about 18 months in, things started to click. We had this national sales contest. There's like 60,000 other reps. And we freaking crushed everybody by like, they had all done like 100 appointments. I did 30. And I did 10 times the amount of business. And I was like, you know what? Like, there's no gifting agency. Like, yeah, you could buy from Harry and David's or Amazon gift cards. Those are not gifts. Those are like promotional products. There was really no agency teaching people how to do this and think about this. And there definitely was nobody that was like a done for you service where 
you know, we'd handwrite, you know, like to this day, we still handwrite all the notes for everybody. So I, I realized by the time I was a, a junior in college, I was like med school and half a million dollars in debt is getting put on hold permanently and really started to say like, this could be a real business. And then when I graduated college, I'm like, I'm just going to roll with it and see if it continues to work. And of course, there's been evolutions to that. But the root things, because a lot of it's based in wisdom that's existed for thousands of years. People have just forgot about it. So, so I would say it's been an evolution. Early on, I was like, I'm not going to call myself the cut to a knife company. I'm going to call myself the ruling group um, as an agency because nobody cares about knives. Nobody really even cared about gifts, but they all cared about referrals and access and deal flow and retention and all of that stuff. And, and those were things that business owners want to pay a lot of money for. 100%. And, and let's dig right into there to, to your big philosophy, the gifting around the recipient. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hate because I appreciate this gift, but I just happen to have an arm's reach. I wanted to just kind of show something and, and tell me what, what you see here. A little water bottle with somebody's logo on it. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me why it would be better. Let, let's talk about the gifting for the recipient. The amount of people that are like, their spouses are like, if you come home with another freaking coffee mug or water bottle, I'm going to shove it someplace that you don't want it. And because you, your cupboards are just cluttered. Like during the pandemic, the amount of people that have gone to Goodwill and they stood and like literally drove in like a mile long line. Because in, in America, we don't need more stuff. We don't need more promotional products, more tchotchkes. And that's what most people do is they're like, oh, Cups are a good idea. Let's go order a thousand of them, slam our logo on them and give them out to everybody. And you're giving them out to oftentimes like people that are making five, six, seven figures. Do they really want a cheap Chinese piece of crap with your logo on it? No, they want one really amazing one with their name on it. Like we don't allow our clients, you know, we work with the pro sports teams, but a lot of our clients are small and mid-sized companies. Do they really want, you know, XYZ accounting firm on their Yeti mug, no. They'd rather have their family name, their last name, maybe their favorite quote if they're into faith or scripture. Um, so the amount of people that just like look around and say what's hot, cool, and sexy and give Apple devices or give, give Amazon gift cards and, and the amount of people that will email me or be like, John, you're so mean, it's the thought that counts. And I'm like, tell your wife that when you buy her something for Christmas. Like it's the thought that counts. I mean, no, it's the thoughtful thought. That counts. We that's an excuse to give a lame, crappy gift. It's not the thought that counts. It never like relationships determine whether somebody's successful in business or not. And if you show up at a mediocre level to show appreciation to the relationships that matter in business or personal, then you're going to have a sucky life because relationships don't thrive when you kind of mail it in and kind of go halfway. So your mug or your coffee cup. Or even the knives, if people put their stupid logo on handmade $5,000 knife sets, nobody wants your logo on it. That seems like the cheesiest, tackiest thing in the world. Like, I've seen people give Rolexes out, and they're like, how could you give a $10,000 watch wrong? Well, Domino's did it on the Air King, white face of the Air King. They put the Domino's logo on it. Even if you work for Domino's and make millions of dollars, do you really want a Rolex staring you in the face every day? Like the reason people put their crappy logo on stuff is because they're like, well, John, I, every marketing and branding book says I better get mileage out of this. And I'm like, you're actually going to spend money to piss off, annoy, or frustrate people. Is that a good equation? Give a world-class gift, make it all about them. And they will never forget where it came from. If you follow the recipe, most people don't know what the recipe is. They want to cut the corners. They want to think they're doing giftology and they're actually 
spending money to have a negative consequence. So they're not doing giftology at all. It's like baking bread and deciding you're going to leave out yeast. Guess what you don't freaking get? You don't get bread. Like, I don't care how many times you do it. I don't matter how much money you spend on it. If you leave out that one ingredient, you don't get bread. And if you don't follow the recipe when it comes to giftology, then don't expect relationships that are going to thrive and refer to your business and open doors for you and run through walls for you as employees because you miss some of the secret sauce that allows for somebody to say, wow, this person knows me, thought of me, and actually cares about me versus, oh, they just wanted to automate this and send me some crap and stuff in the mail. Not the same, not even close, not even on the same planet. I love the passion. It, it's 100% true, though. It's We want something that means something to us. It's about the recipient. And I received some Cutco knives, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and it had, you know, May the Force be with you on it. So they obviously did their homework, you know, and every time, even though it doesn't even have my logo on it or, or anything, you know, my name, my fan, you know, I know who sent it to me. And every single time we use them. Of course, if it's a crappy, cheap gift, then put your logo on it. But if you're going to try to deepen a relationship and inspire somebody, whether it's a personal relationship or business relationship, go all in and give something that's unique and amazing and practical and useful. And, you know, like, and if you do that, decades later, they'll still be thinking about, you know, and, and if it's used daily, you know, over the course of a decade, like that's 3,600 times. Like everybody wants to be like trusted and top of mind. If you give a really thoughtful gift, like a Rolex, like I have a buddy who sends out Rolexes a lot and we do all the, the execution and fulfillment for that. And people are like, man, that's a lot of money. I'm like 10 grand to influence somebody that could be worth hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Like that's the best equation on the planet. I'll spend 10 grand to make a million all day long. Like that's the best ATM machine, put in a dollar and get a hundred dollars back. But people don't, they've never been challenged to think that way to say like, Hey, this person's in the star Wars. Let's make sure that we, engraved some really cool things into the pieces or into the product or into the whatever to make that person smile and light up and get excited and go seek out and find that piece that it connects to them at this deep visceral level. Like we're all just humans. Like we forget in 2020, even during the pandemic, like we've realized our humanity even more. We're just human beings. We like things. We have hobbies. We have people we care about. We have things we like to do. We break bread and eat together. Like there's some things that are just so simple, but I think like in this like all digital world of like Facebook ads and TikTok and all this other stuff, like a lot of the old school stuff that our great grandfathers would have done naturally, it becomes even more important because people have lost sight of how to really build relationships. It's certainly true that we all want to build new relationships and strengthen our existing ones. And now, more than ever, I think we would all benefit from a little generosity. But what about personal injury attorneys? Your practice takes you straight to the consumer, so how are you supposed to approach gifting when you don't know who your next client could be? I asked John Rulin to break it down for us. Most people come to us with their Dream 100 or Dream 1000 or their prospect list. You know, whether they're doing a million in revenue or whether they're doing a billion in revenue, everybody's like, everybody wants to fill the boat with new blood. Like they want to go whale hunting. That's just instinctually as, especially as type A leaders, it's like, hey, we got to go get more stuff. But what's, what we found is our, our clients that get the best results spend 80% of their marketing, biz dev, overall relationship building budget on their warm market. People that there's already a fire there. And the reason is, is like, you know, Cameron Harold's a great example. Somebody that I met 
know, through EO, a CEO group. I wanted him as a client, a mentor, an advisor, a referral source. And um, I was going to take him to a basketball game and a dinner. And his response was the most underwhelming response ever. So I found out he was coming to town and he loved Brooks Brothers. So I, bought, I ended up outfitting his hotel room of $7,000 in Brooks Brothers. I already had the relationship, but I, it wasn't deep. It was very, it was like one inch deep. So I do the Brooks Brothers, melt his face off. He's like almost in tears. He's like, whatever you want to talk about for as long as you want to talk about it. After that, for a decade, every quarter, I sent him a gift. I built him a $5,000 knife set. I did custom leather goods. He's into wine. So he did this crazy $700 wine tool with his autograph. And people are like, John, you already had him after the Brooks Brothers experience. Why did you continue to send gifts? And I'm like, because I wanted to, not because I had to. And when you do things because you want to and pour gasoline on the fire that's already burning, Cameron, I did the math. I invest 20 grand. He's referred over seven figures. All of his clients get referred to us. They get a book, Giftology book. It's one of the few books he sends out. He mentions me from stages. We've spoken on some of the biggest stages in the world. Before I had a book or anybody knew who I was, and I was begging to speak for free, Cameron would get double booked and say, you got to book John Ruin. And he'd get me a $15,000 speaking gig when I had no book. Like I couldn't have hired Cameron for $2 million a year to be my sales rep. For 20 grand over a decade, I got him to sell on my behalf. 20 grand, you can't even hire an assistant for 20 grand. I get one of the top business coaches in the world selling on my behalf for a decade. And it's produced a 50X ROI. I call it return on relationship, ROR. You can't get a 50X in any other part of your business other than through human beings. So my recommendation is, is to take, you know, for a, for a lawyer, for a professional service firm, for a financial advisor, Take all of your centers of influence that already like you or love you and pour gasoline on the fire there. And then take the people that you've already worked with that already have paid you money and you should be loving on those people. Why? Well, we all have a circle of influence of a dozen people, a couple hundred people oftentimes. So that person's probably not going to get another car wreck again, but they know people. They're at the country club or they're at the whatever. And you want somebody who's passively loyal, who sits on their hands and doesn't do anything for you, that this was your client or your center of influence, or do you want an actively loyal person who's actually looking for opportunities to talk about you? That's Cameron. I'll take one Cameron over a thousand people that are passively loyal. I don't care the industry. Lawyers are the same because it's just like, where does their business come from? It comes from other humans. And so my recommendation would be, yeah, you could you know, take care of your centers of influence, and do things because you want to, not because you had to. Don't. Everybody says they're in the relationship business, and the only time they give gifts are transactional. They give a gift after a deal's done. They give a gift after a referral's given. I'm like, you just turn that relationship into a transactional pit tap. You give me a million-dollar referral, here's your $500 bottle of wine. Does that feel good? No. It feels unequal. It feels icky. It feels gross. It feels very tit for tat. Whereas if you started sending out sucky gifts to people just because you were thinking of them, they'd be like, wow, I didn't do anything for this person. Like, why are they sending me this? Internally, as human beings, whether you believe in a God or not, like, like we're wired, our DNA is wired to want to reciprocate. That's just how we've been built as humans. And so if you start taking care of the people that already like or love you and consistently in our, in our system, we do once a quarter, so it doesn't feel like, you know, Debbie Chase's Jelly of the Month Club. That's what most people are like, John, let's put this on autopilot and send, you know, let's send Harry and David pairs every month. And I'm like, dude, relationships, even if you want to automate something, it can't feel automated. If it feels automated, then it doesn't have a thought to it. And if it doesn't have a thought to it, then you might as well go light $100 bills on fire because it just 
like very, it does feel like a relationship. So for lawyers, the same advice I give to lawyers is the same advice I give to the Chicago Cubs. Have a plan, reinvest in the people that are already spending money with you or could spend money with you or have spent money with you in the past versus always like looking over. It's like being married and looking at the, the chick across the table, like the grass is greener on their side. No, take care of the people that are in front of you and love on those relationships. And if you do that, you won't have to prospect very much because those people are going to go sell on your behalf. That's incredible. And I was immediately thinking of your, your very first story uh, of the competition. So you had 40 appointments and you blew them out of the water and the other people were just 10 X, not contextualizing, just uh, smiling and dialing. Right. Yeah, but, but, but there's a place for that if you're just getting off the ground. But at the end of the day, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, all these people, you know, like Gary's made it very popular to say, I play the long game. He actually does. Most people's long game is days, not decades. But if you're going to be in business for decades, you should be building relationships like as such, like it's a marathon. You should be showing up for people, you know, and oftentimes when you show up for people in year three and year seven, it's like a marriage. Like I can attest, I got four daughters. Like if I don't keep dating my wife and showing up for her, then I'm not going to have a wife. And you see it all the time. Like people take people for granted. We tend to take our current clients and our current centers of influence. We're like, oh, John, I don't have to do it. They already like me. And I'm like, it's not doing it because you had to. It's doing it because you wanted to. It's doing it because you appreciate them. It's doing it because you'd like them to continue to be loyal to you, actively loyal on your behalf. And I'm not perfect. By the way. Like I'm not, I, it's not like I, there are not times where I don't take somebody for granted. Or my wife, my wife would be the first to tell you, John, sometimes you suck at gifting me. But there's also times where, you know, we knock it out of the ballpark. And I think that most people have marketing plans and operations plans and financial plans. If you ask most like business owners, whether that's a lawyer or whether that's the Chicago Cubs, what's your relationship plan? How are you laying out for the next five years? Not just your business plan. What are you going to do for your relationships? And how are you making it a math equation where you're reinvesting a percentage of your profits back into your relationships to keep them grow and turn them into sales reps? Most companies, one out of a thousand will say, yeah, we have a relationship plan. Here's what it is. The other 999 have zero. They're like, well, we do Christmas gifts. We do anniversary gifts. And I'm like, that's table stakes, man. If you only do things for your wife on anniversaries, birthdays, and Christmas, that's just to keep you at like at, at zero versus going into negatives. And in business, it's the exact same way. Like if you don't have a plan on how you're going to show up and not like, Hey, here's a koozie, here's a thing of peanut brittle, but like real stuff, then somebody else who does have a plan on how they're gonna love on those relationships are gonna take them away from you. That's just the bottom line. All right, so now you've got your philosophy of gifting down. You probably got the same burning question in your head that I did. How on earth am I supposed to choose the right gift? The good news is you can go to John's website and he shares a downloadable of what not to give. Which gift is the absolute worst, I hear you ask? Yep, you guessed it. Gift card's the worst. Why? It's basically saying, I don't know you well enough. Go, here's a piece of plastic. Go buy your own gift. It doesn't connect to your spouse. It's definitely not going to connect to your clients. It's easy, but what's thoughtful is not typically easy. It takes energy and effort and resources. So gift cards worse. I hate consumables. People are like, John, everybody loves to eat. And I'm like, well, first off, you give consume. Most people give consumables between Thanksgiving and Christmas when people are already eating and drinking themselves to death. So it's one of 47 things sitting on the conference table or the kitchen table 
uh, with peanut brittle and brownies and bottles of bourbon and scotch and wine. Like lawyers are the worst. They give alcohol like it's going out of style. A, you know, you send somebody red wine and they like white, or you send somebody white wine and their wife likes red, or you send wine to somebody and their dad's an alcoholic, or maybe they're, you know, they're on keto or paleo, or they're trying to lose weight. You're basically sending them gift guilt. You know, they're off sugar, their kids gluten-free. They're like, there's so many ways you can piss off and annoy somebody with food or drink, but even if they love it, like in other, any other part of marketing, you measure cost per impression, whether it's a Facebook ad, whatever else, how many eyeballs are seeing it? How many eyeballs are seeing the billboard? If you give a gift and you're like, oh, John, I spent $50 on the bottle of wine. I'm, it's so much cheaper than your $500 knife set in the short term, but you're, I'm playing the long game and so are you, whether you realize it or not. They drink that $50 or $500 bottle of wine. How many impressions did you get? One. They drank it, pissed it down the drain. It's gone, forgotten about. You thought you saved money. I send them, you know, one of our clients sends them something. They use it once a day for the next year. That's 365 impressions in one year. Who's going to get the referrals in the deal flow? The person who's most like trusted and top of mind. Oftentimes, the reason you don't get the referrals that you want is you're not top of mind. The average human is getting 30,000 messages at them a day between Facebook ads, TikTok, text messages, emails, Facebook messages. We all have digital overload. So we can only process so many things. So unless you're the first person that somebody thinks of when they wake up and go to bed at night, like then you're not going to get the deal. You're not going to get the referral. And so I want to make sure as I'm thinking strategically I'm not giving them something that they're going to sit on a shelf somewhere and forget about and collect dust. I'm not going to give them something that they're going to use once a year. I want something that they're using once a day or maybe three times a day. That's why to this day, the stupid knives have played so well is because most people, especially right now with COVID, they're cooking 30,000% more. They, they host people, they entertain people, they're cooking for their kids, for their spouse. Like for me, anything that goes into the kitchen is like this crazy special like secret sauce. People still eat in 2020, people still break bread. So I think anything that basically communicates either unthoughtfulness that's consumed and forgotten about has the potential to piss off or offend or anything really that has a logo on it. I don't like apparel because what if somebody loses weight? Or what if like most of the time you're putting a logo the size of a softball on it, like nobody wants your logoed whatever, even Lululemon, I'm not wearing it if it has your logo on it. Why? Because most affluent people can go buy their own Lululemon or Roan or Under Armour or whatever you think the cool brand is. And so I want to do something for them that they didn't even know existed or that they wouldn't necessarily go buy for themselves. And I almost always, 80% of our budget is taking care of that inner circle and avoid the typical, like people will say, John, I want to do Apple. And I'm like, you're going to give them you know, spend a thousand dollars on an iPad or an i whatever, but really those things are going to get regifted, or at best case scenario, they're going to be outdated in six months. I want something that you know, sixteen years later, is still marketing for me. That's still like deepening that relationship. That to me is how you can spend less money than your big publicly traded competitors and destroy people as being more thoughtful and creative than they are versus just following the same stupid list that everybody follows. I wanted to ask you this because you were you were the gifting king and among your friends and family your 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 circle of influence when you are gifting someone are you held to this much bigger standard so do, do oh, you catch a lot of heat <laughs> oh. 
Well, imagine my, my, my wife knows every hack, secret sauce trick. She knows everything. She, I'm the vision relationship guy. I'm the marketing sales guy. My business partner is the operations finance detail guy. My wife, same way. She's type A driven, but she's very like, very dialed in on the details. She's the hardest person for me to get. I have to bring my A game. But even with other people, it's like, yeah, I mean, when you're the gifting guy and you're playing Santa Claus year round for, you know, whether it's small businesses or Fortune 100 brands, the expectations are through the roof. And mm-hmm. so it's one thing when the expectations, you're a sucky gifter and your expectations are a two out of 10. But if your expectations are a 10 out of 10, you got to consistently deliver 11s and 12s. Oh, dude, it's, it's for my kids. You know, like I'm buying, like my daughter just turned five and she loved Frozen. And so I went out and bought like the seven foot tall life-size professional Olaf costume to, to you know, for, to show up as a surprise Last year, I like dressed up as Maui with painted chest to show up at the party. Like I like the uh-huh. shock and awe and the surprise, but there's no mailing it in. People call me out on it, whether it's in business or personally. Like you got to bring, you know, like when I give a coffee cup, there's these coffee cups. I used to make fun of coffee cups. I give a thousand dollar coffee cup. It cart. It takes four weeks to make. It's called an artifact mug. I give it. I've given it to all my employees, all my clients, mentors. I've given out about 110 of them carved into it is somebody's whole life story, their faith, their family, who oh, mentioned incredible. first, their tragedies they've overcome. It's like a lifetime achievement award that they're, it's a usable piece of art. So when I give a coffee cup, it's not the, you know, the one from Walmart for seven bucks from China. It's the thousand dollar one that comes in a custom wood case with a video screen um, that from the artist telling a story. So the expectations for me and also our clients, like we set the bar high, you know, and then you exceed it. Like that's just... Mm-hmm. In any, in any business, like the bar keeps raising, like that's just, you got to find creative ways on how to exceed it. But if you do, there's a reward to that, uh, personally. Absolutely. Personally. Absolutely. And I was thinking that coffee mug, like a lot of times people get coffee mugs because it makes them feel good. It's, you know, like whether they're a cat person and like, I'm a big Star Wars nerd, you know, and I'm holding the Star Wars coffee mug because I grab it out. It makes me feel good, that nostalgia. And so I love that idea. It's just incredible. As we close up, we have this new segment. It's a, it's a called a three for three. It's just a quick fire round. So what yeah. is your favorite search engine optimization tip? To outsource that to, uh, to companies <laughs> like, uh, like ad, I, I have a company that specializes in that. Who's like one of my best friends, they own a company. And so when you search John Rulin, they've made sure that there's great articles in Inc. Forbes, Fast Company, and that we show up on all the listicles. Um, so that the small farm boy from Ohio can play at a global level. And uh, which entrepreneur do you admire the most? The person who comes to mind is Elon Musk. It's probably a common answer just because of the kahunas that that dude has to put it all on the line consistently in all areas of his life. Uh, I'm sure he's you know not a fun person necessarily to work for, but from an outside perspective, a guy who says one thing and then follows through on it, Hard to uh, hard to not respect that. Yeah, just incredible. What is the next thing on your bucket list? I love the book, The Five Love Languages. Gary Chapman's a mentor. You know, he sold twenty two million of that book. Wow. Uh, over thirty years as a Christian marriage book, which is crazy. It's like just being published in Saudi Arabia, but I crazy places that it shouldn't be. I want to write the Five Love Languages with him for business. So that's uh, that's the hope. Is uh, is that'll be the next book. If John's first book, Giftology, is anything to go by, that will be an absolute treat. 
I personally love the message of Giftology and I'm super keen to try some more of those philosophies on my relationships, both personal and business-wise. So if you're on my holiday gift list, you can rest assured you definitely won't be getting a gift card. You've been listening to the Rankings Podcast. I'm Chris Stryer. A huge thanks to today's guest, John Rulin, for joining us. You can find all of the links from today's conversations in the show notes. And we want to hear from you. What's the best or worst gift you've ever received? Drop us a review and let us know. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you.